the biggest thing I, entrepreneurially that really helped me was this mindset of saying, what's scarce but high in demand? Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. I love interviewing smart people, and this one you're going to love because I've got Dr. Adil Khan. Check him out on Instagram. This guy's not only in great shape, but he's doing things that a lot of the medicine world wish that they were doing. And that's focusing on regenerative medicine. Not only is this type of medicine the future of our world for extending our life so that we can live more gracefully and with less diseases, but we go into how he's been able to grow this whole business that he's doing. Pay attention to the details on this one and get excited about what's coming just around the corner in medicine. Jump in. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a Success Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Omada. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to somebody who has a different type of expertise that we don't normally jump into. Dr. Adil Khan, not Adele, it's Adil Khan, right? So uh, we were joking about Having a voice coach is not going to happen, but Dr. Adil Khan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about my journey. Well, thanks for doing this, man. And the very first thing I want to start with is I was reading, doing some research on you, and I noticed that you were into regenerative medicine. And that's a big thing. I see it a lot, especially in sports and and people are now trying to live a lot longer, right? By by biohacking everything. And, and you deal with a lot of these amazing people. Uh, that's where I'd like to start. But dude, you just came from Japan. What, what were you doing in Japan? <laughs> Japan's a whole different world, but they're actually where the Nobel Prize was given for stem cell research in 2014. So it's the highest, as people probably know, Nobel Prize is the highest achievement you can get in science. Uh, it's the equivalent of being like the MVP in sports, uh, but it's only awarded to specific people for very, very excellent achievements. And Japan actually got it specifically for stem cell research. Uh, so, uh, so why is that? Because this guy uh, figured out how to reprogram your cells. It almost sounds like science fiction. It's like we can take your own muscle or fat cell and we can turn it back into an undifferentiated stem cell. So that means your body somehow has a memory of all the cells being able to turn into stem cells. And this was a remarkable discovery because we thought once your cell differentiates and turns into muscle or fat or whatever it is, it doesn't remember how to be a stem cell because a stem cell is basically a cell that can turn into any type of tissue and repair and regenerate tissue. And obviously most people understand that stem cells come from like, you know, like babies, like umbilical cord stem cells. Like that's the most common, right? Most people have that intuition and they've heard of that concept, but who would have thought that your body has stem cells inside of them. They just have to be reprogrammed. So it's called cellular reprogramming. And this guy, Professor Yamanaka, he was given the Nobel prize for what's called induced pluripotent stem cell. 
So it's basically like a personalized stem cell. I could take your, I could take a skin biopsy from your skin and I could use a Yamanaka factors and I could turn that skin cell into a stem cell. And then I could use that stem cell from that I took from your body. And then I could use that to treat different issues. So it's pretty, it's, it's almost, it's almost too good to be true that your body has everything inside of it to heal you. And, but it does. And that's, that's what I love about regenerative and functional medicine. It's all about empowering the body's natural healing abilities. How do we, how do we tap into that? Because we, right, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners. They're all so busy trying to make money and making it happen, going all that routes, all the routes to get to what they see as success. But along the way, I think some of us miss the important pieces taking care of ourselves. Right. And how can we tap into this piece so that we don't miss it and it's too late for us? Well, exactly. Health is a deficiency need. So that means people don't value it and necessarily put a lot of emphasis until they lose it. And then once they lose it, they're like, oh, crap, I got to do everything I can now to try to get my health back. So how do we and that's where the psychology comes in. And that's it can be a very difficult task. Right. Think about the dieting and fitness industry. Ninety nine percent of diets fail because they're not there's no behavioral psychology like component built into it. And what I mean by that is like the mindset piece, like the motivation, like why are you doing this in the first place? Are you doing it just to look good on a beach or do you have a deeper reason, for example, like being there for your kids when you're older and making sure you're not a burden on them? Because that drive to be there for your kids when you're older is gonna be a lot stronger than just wanting to look good on the beach. So a lot, and a lot of that is, a lot of that is reprogramming your mind. And it's not easy because we've been conditioned and our environment is set up in a way to make us fail, right? Like it's so easy to get fast food. It's so easy to not be active. And we're not in an environment that's making it easy for us to live healthy lifestyles. So I think you have to really set up your environment for success. And then also most people need a coach, to be honest. I think that's just the reality of it. And I don't think, I think, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's like, it's even like a mindset coach, right? Like I think most people need, to be honest, but most people need like a, psychologist or like some sort of mindset person like that's why the life coaching is taking off right it's a booming industry <laughs> i bet most of i bet a lot of your audience successful entrepreneurs invest in themselves right because they're successful but to get more successful they're investing in themselves a lot of people just never invest in themselves and investing in your body is no different you got to work with the professional i've been I, even before i became a doctor i was actually a personal trainer so i've been in the fitness and medicine space for like since my whole adult life and so basically that's why I'm so into this stuff. But if even with my education and my background, I still have a coach who designs my programs and helps me with technique and stuff. All right. So how many coaches do you have? <laughs> I have two, I guess. Like, a, uh, I don't know if you know Dr. Mark Golston. He's a, he's a, he actually has a really popular podcast. He's a psychiatrist, but he has a podcast and a book called Just Listen. Uh, and he talks, he's a, he's, he's been the one I've been working with on improving myself but then i also have a fitness coach he's from australia yeah and basically the idea is even though i'm obviously doing well in life it's always about having that introspection to say can i do better and how can i improve myself oh interesting man i like that and you're talking about japan so i'm going to jump around a little bit i interviewed uh dr louis inyaro he was Dr. No. He did. Uh, he discovered ni high nitric oxide works. So then they used that for the blue pill, right? The Viagra. <laughs> yeah. He won the Nobel Prize. But here's the thing on, on what you're talking about that I think a lot of us miss the point on. It's, it's really this psychology 
of really believing what's possible that allows us to behave a certain way. And it's something that I've heard off on and off in, in these circles that I run. It's your beliefs dictate your behavior. And, and I think from me doing some research on you, you're a great example of how you believe a certain thing. And then you set your life around that to succeed. So not only like physically, but I'm talking about like you became a doctor, which was not, not freaking easy. Right. And you become successful as an entrepreneur as well. Not just a doctor. Like I was checking you out, dude, like you're working out and I'm like, damn, this guy's in shape. Right. And, and you're, you also are running a full on entrepreneurial life with, as a doctor. And that's cool to see. So tell me when it comes to beliefs, how do you focus on the positive aspects of life instead of gravitating to the negativity that's all around us? So I think there's two huge things. One definitely is meditation. That cannot be understated because meditation gives you the perspective of going in deep and reflecting on why you're doing the things you're doing. And if you have a really good, like I was saying earlier, like if you have a really important reason as to why you're you have conviction, then even in difficult moments or challenges or negativity, that's going to keep you to push through it. So if for me personally, my family is a poor immigrant family and I had a lot of people, you know, it, it, we struggled growing up and everything, you know, and like a lot of immigrants did. And so the fact that I got this unique opportunity to become a doctor, I said, hey, this is not enough for me. Like I love being a doctor, but maybe I can do more. And if I can do more, I can help my family. I can help take care of them. And I can take care of not just my immediate family, but also my extended family. And, and then I just kept going from there and then just saying, hey, like how much? And then it just, it's, it's cool. Almost like the things just keep opening up when you have that mindset of saying, I can, if you believe you can do it. I know it sounds cheesy, but, and it sometimes sounds cliche, but honestly, a lot of it does come, like you said, it's self-belief. If you have that belief that you can do it and you think, and you put out the right energy and uh, you you meditate and you do all the right things and it's gonna those doors just start opening up um and then yeah the the other big thing too is setting up like we we're talking about earlier is your environment so meaning not consuming negative news all the time not consuming negative content all the time not consuming wasteful content to be honest and you gotta really skillful man skillful management of attention is the key to success and a lot of people don't understand that their attention is being stolen from them every single day. We have to fight the phone like it's a virus. <laughs> and it is. And it's, it's 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 a modern plague. And people have been conditioned to, the first thing you have to do is wake up every morning and fight this thing so you don't check a million messages and a million different things and get distracted. And people, that's and especially with the younger generation it's it's such a common problem and i'm sure you, your audience is familiar with like how bad mental health is now in the younger generation too and a lot of that it, it comes down to just all the stuff people are consuming and have to fight against and it's a social comparison and all the negativity that comes with social media but it, as you probably saw with my social media i try to use it for positivity and i personally i'm never comparing myself to other people i'm always just focusing on how can i make myself better to help more people uh, because that's where my motivation comes from. And I have a strong desire for that just because 
of because I'm a doctor and I just believe I have I'm blessed to have access to knowledge and technology that a lot of people don't. So I believe if I can share that and help more people, then you know that's kind of my greater purpose. I like that. And there's a lot to to go over there. So I'm going to start with something you said towards the beginning. You you mentioned that if your why is strong enough, like it's not just it's not just you looking sexy in, in your swimsuit, right? It's you doing it for a bigger reason. Like what does it tie down to with your family, your growth, or or descendants? And there was an there was something I was reading earlier yesterday. Um and it, it was in philosophy, and I had the quote in front of me, so I just pulled it up because that reminded me. Um, Nietzsche said, a man can endure almost any how if only he has a why. Dude, this is like years ago. So that reminded me of exactly that. I'm like, that's so true. It's like, we can pretty much do anything as long as our why is strong enough. So let me ask you first on this, and then I'll, I'll uh, deconstruct the rest. What's your why? Like, why do you do it? I know it's hard, but because not everyone can go through this, but if you have some sort of pain and suffering that you've gone through, it gives you more resolve than the typical person. True. And that's just, and that's just the reality of it. So people, for example, like Eric Thomas is a well-known motivational speaker. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a, he's a hip hop preacher. And he always talks about how he was homeless and then he became this multi-million dollar motivational speaker guy. And so it's basically because he was homeless and he literally ate out of garbage cans that he has that pain and suffering that he went through. He has so much resolve. And so I personally had a, I lost my younger sister a few years ago and I went through a very difficult period because I was on my own. I wasn't with my family. I was going through residency training and that built some extraordinary resolve in me because I came out of that saying the pain that I'm going through and, you know, obviously losing my sister at such a young age, I felt like I had to assign sort of sort of meaning to it. And so the meaning I figured was by helping more people and working really hard that I can, for me, that provides meaning in her loss. And so that's just the way I, I try to find meaning out of it. And so that's what made me so determined in pushing myself physically, mentally and all that stuff. And so I think, and that's why I, you know, a, a lot of doctors want to be like me, but I'm just like, you know, you'll never really catch me up or work hard as me because you don't have the same pain I have or suffer that what I've been through. And so it's nothing, it's not being egotistical. I just know I can't, no one's going to outwork me. You just can't, you can try, but if in the gym, like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably the world's strongest doctor, if not <laughs> close, definitely, I think. And then, uh, and I'm natural, but also just, into, uh, you know, success, like, you know, from a successful point too, you know, my net worth and the businesses and everything. I know I'm just, I'm so far ahead of my classmates. It's not because I'm smarter than them. It's just because I had this resolve that they don't have. Okay. I agree with you on that. I think the differentiation though, is how you've attached, how you've attached the meaning to the pain differently than most people attach meaning. Because a lot of people are like, Oh, you know what? This is terrible. I can't believe this happened to me. And then that's a cycle, right? You've attached the different uh, purpose to this, which you said it. It's like, now I can help a lot more people, right? You know who said this? I interviewed a different psychologist. I don't remember his name, but he said something similar. You know, he goes, the difference between superheroes and villains is that they've both been through pain, mm -hmm. but one wants to prevent that pain to happen to others. And, and one wants to inflict that pain to everyone else. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. And, and we know that because people who are criminals generally have some sort of PTSD or some sort of pain suffering. Almost all of them, right, have gone through something. 
And then, but they, exactly. And, but the people who are highly successful, if you study them as well, most of them have gone through some bad times, if not all of them. I like that, man. I like your answer. <laughs> uh, environment. You, you mentioned skillful management of attention is the key to success. I agree with you. How do you do that? Because we all freaking have this thing, dude. All of yeah. us. And, and, and this, right? So how do you do it? Well, that's the thing, right? You consume useful content. Like this podcast, like people who are trying to provide more value to the world as opposed to just getting cheap entertainment. Uh, nothing wrong with cheap entertainment. Obviously, occasionally, everyone needs to relax and have fun. But that shouldn't be the mainstay. We we live in the society where people like, it's, it's escapism, right? Like people just want to turn off their brain. They want to stop thinking. They do their work. They're, they're tired. And that comes back. There's so many other issues with that. But the, the root of it all is what's your greater purpose? I think a lot of that people don't know. And so they're just living this life where it's just like they're just getting through the day and they're just surviving and not really thriving. And, and that's the big difference between, I think, people who have purpose and a greater meaning to their life versus people who don't. I can't tell people how to get their purpose, but at least we can give them some tools and strategies on how they can try to work towards figuring that out. That makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people just live a more reactionary life. Let's talk about how how you started on this journey to become a doctor because you're you're working out. You were in health, or you, were you a personal trainer? Like, a, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. All right. How, how did you decide to jump into medicine? Like, what did that? Well, the bros at the gym just weren't intellectually stimulating enough for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it was, uh, it was <laughs> as much as I love working out and everything, it was just, uh, yeah, no, that was part of it for sure. And so I was like, I need something to stimulate my mind a little bit more. Uh, and then of course it's, it's simplistic, but at the end of the day, it always just came from a desire wanting to just help people, but what evolved and started as a desire to just want to help people turn into a lot more as I progressed, because in medicine, we were taught about disease, but we were not taught anything about health. And it just confused the heck out of me as someone who was a fitness trainer and someone who's into health. I was like, why are we learning about everything about diabetes and drugs and not talking about how to prevent it? Yeah. Or why aren't we talking about nutrition or lifestyle at all? Like even, even just glance over it. <laughs> so it was just, it was just baffling to me. Um, and out of the 200 students in my med school class, I was the only one really asking these questions. I don't, I don't know why that was. I think it was just um, people, I guess, just assumed, you know, it, I think I think a lot of med students and you know training doctors just assume the doctor who's giving them the information knows everything and they must know best. Uh, but I, I always question that, and I was always confused. And so I was simultaneously while studying allopathic medicine, uh, which is like you know traditional, like obviously Western medicine, like medical degree. Uh, I was also studying like functional integrative medicine, which is like more like root cause and alternatives and like nutraceuticals Ooh. and all that stuff. Okay. So. I was reading dozens and dozens of books on that stuff. And it just, I was, I just happened to be ahead of the curve, I guess, in the sense, because that stuff is so mainstream now mm -hmm. when, and then when I got into the real world, I liked sports medicine and, you know, treating injuries and pain and all that stuff. Uh, and then it was the same problem though. It was, everything was just, you know, take this injection cortisone, which is just a temporary solution for pain and then refer them to physio. If that doesn't work, go to surgery. And then, so there's a huge gap of people who probably aren't bad enough for surgery. And then it's like, isn't there something else? And then that's how I got into this whole regenerative medicine world. And then from there, the biggest thing I, entrepreneurially that really helped me was this mindset of saying, what's scarce, but high in demand. So meaning 
somewhat something like being a very skilled specialist in treating like very specific problems is scarce. But there's hundreds, if not thousands of doc, like general practitioners or doctors who can inject a knee, for example, like that's anyone can do that pretty much. So that's not scarce. It's high in demand, right? Lots of people have knee osteoarthritis, but it's not scarce. So for me, then I was like, okay, what's scarce, but high in demand? Spine is a very com common problem, like neck and back pain. So common, like back pain, chronic back pain. And, mm -hmm. but there aren't that many interventional physicians who know how to treat it because spine is very, obviously your spinal cord is there, there's a lot of structures. So you have, to have very precise skills. And so I learned how to do those type of injections. And then I learned how to do them using uh, plasma and stem cells and all these other things that no one else was really doing. And I learned from people in Europe and Asia, and I traveled around the world and then I brought it back here. And so I was really the only one in Canada doing it. So then I become this guy who's doing these things that no one else is doing. Uh, and then all of a sudden I start treating the royal family. I start treating the billionaires. I start treating the NBA guys, NFL guys. I have people flying around the world to come see me. And then it just goes from there. <laughs> On that, just so our audience kind of gets the story with it. You get a call from the royal family. How the, I mean, tell me. <laughs> Tell me that story, dude. You go, you go, you don't say no. <laughs> Do they there send is... a private jet or what the hell happened? Tell me. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then, um, and then it's, uh, yeah, no, I, I treat a bunch of royal families. The most interesting one was definitely the trillionaire family. Cause there, there's a few families that are hundred billion like net worth. Um, I mean, you don't really truly know how much, but one of them is definitely, they're the wealthiest family in the middle East. Cause everyone kind of knows them. Um, and they're worth like 3.2 trillion. Um, so when you think Elon Musk is the richest man, it's trillion. <laughs> yeah. So just remember that. Uh, and so, yeah, so they invited me to their palace and, um, obviously the whole process is very like, um, different in the sense that, it, you know, they, they obviously, they can handpick anyone they want in the world. So if they've handpicked you, it means something. Uh, and then also you have a very high uh, expectation. So you have to meet that expectation uh, by not only being very knowledgeable, but being able to deliver uh, when you actually do treat them. So uh, fortunately, I've done a good job with the people I've treated. Uh, they've all gotten better and no complications or anything. So uh, I'm always, you know, <laughs> if a complication or something happens, I don't know what would happen to me, but <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you balance? Because this is cool, man, the, the stories you're telling me. How do you balance the ego with the humility because some of it is natural like oh i must be great because people are calling me consistently to get to where i need to get to based on the things that i know and do but how do you stay grounded so that it doesn't you still continue to learn and know that you don't know enough and you never will how do you balance that yeah it's it's for me it's pretty easy because i i generally don't think i'm that smart and i i think i'm just i i'm very fortunate to work to get where i am and there's a lot of people who sacrifice to help me get where I am. So I always say to myself, I'm just trying to honor the sacrifices that other people gave me this opportunity. So why would I ever think I'm better than someone or think I know everything? Uh, plus, like, you're even if you're really good at one thing, there's a million other things you're not good at. So what's the point in having an ego and thinking you're better than other people? And that's a, consistently, I can say that's the one thing patients say about me all the time is that they say I don't have they feel comfortable talking to me. Whereas other doctors, they get this God complex and doctors have that for a lot of, because they were the smartest and a lot, especially top doctors, a lot of them, you know, they're the smartest in their class. They were, they're, they're just, they've always been like top, top, top. And so for them, they just think they're better than everyone. They know it all, but technology medicine has become like technology It's evolving so fast and the medical knowledge, just to give you a frame of reference 
in in the 1950s, it used to take about 50 years for the medical knowledge to double. Like let's say around 1950. And now in, in 2023, it takes about three months. So 90 days for the medical knowledge literature to double. That, that's, it's insane. So how do you possibly keep up, right? The technology, yeah. it's like technology, right? And so it, we're gonna obviously need machine learning and stuff like that. But for, for, for now, unless you're really on the cutting edge of this specific niche that you're in, you're not gonna know what's going on. Like you just won't. And so a lot of doctors don't realize how outdated they are because they're just in their little world, but they're not in this other world of what's going on, what's actually going on in medicine because they don't read enough and they can't, they just go to pharmaceutical drug sponsored conferences once or twice a year, you know? And so how are you going to possibly keep up? Like I, uh, peptides are the perfect example. A lot of people have probably heard about peptides, but there's these different heal, healing peptides and a peptide is just like a protein, like insulin is the most famous peptide, but now we have peptides that help with healing and regeneration. Um, like there's one called BPC-157, one called TB4. And they've become super popular amongst just like every, like just the society in general, because they help with healing, regeneration and all these different things. Uh, but FDA never approved them. And even though FDA and most doctors who are just average doctors have no idea what they're, what they are, but there's millions of people doing them. And there are, and all, all the top doctors I know prescribe them, even though they're not FDA approved, because we know they work. It's kind of like a parachute. I always say like, you know, if you, are you going to not use a parachute because there's no randomized trial on it? You know what I mean? Like it's mm. some things, if they work, if there's enough, if there's enough data from individuals, like not, I'm not talking a couple hundred, I'm talking tens of thousands, hundred thousands, plus there's a high safety profile, then what's the harm in trying something? It's just because it's not patentable and the pharmaceutical companies can't make money off of it. They're not yeah. going to push it. They're not going to push it through. Uh, so, true. yeah. That's true, man. There was a link that was on your Instagram, I think it was when I was doing some research, it was on myopia. And I mm. went off a tangent because I was like, what? No way. <laughs> oh, so I'll let you tell that because I was like, that was the last thing I expected from doing research on you. So tell me about myopia. Well, as most people probably know, it's just being near nearsighted. Yep. Um, so meaning you have to wear glasses so you can see far because uh, you can't see like far away. And so uh, basically what we realized it's a modern condition because it has to do with people being obviously on the phone, you're looking at close distances and not looking at far distances, but it's, it's like, there is, there are muscles there that weaken over time because of that. And so you can actually strengthen those muscles. If you just look and gaze at a very far distance and you focus your gaze. And so I actually needed glasses before, like, because I was myopic. And then I just started doing that training like every day, just for a couple of minutes. And I, and then my optimo optometrist was like, what did you do? And cause you don't need glasses anymore. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's easy. And it's just like, but the whole, you know, it's just, I mean, think about the whole optometry industry. They're never going to tell uh, you how to, they're never going to tell you how to cure it. Why would they? They don't have any invested interest in that. Do you find that that's an issue across a lot of the medical field? Where oh, 100%. It's all driven by money, right? Because it is a money maker. And so people aren't interested in cures or prevention because that doesn't make money, At least, especially in North America. That's why, that's why stem cells is a perfect example. It's not approved in US and Canada, but it's pretty much approved everywhere else in the world. Like, and where I was like in Japan, for example, it's been approved there for 10 years. Like imagine that 10 years ago, they've approved it. So imagine how far ahead they are with like the research and data, uh, because in the U S is still illegal. Damn, man. Damn. Yeah. Sucks. So, but the good thing is, you know, obviously, uh, because of social media and people getting the word out there, more and more people are waking up to it. Right. So, um, yeah. like, like Joe Rogan is a, he's probably one of the biggest proponents of stem cells and he has a huge outlet. So, yeah. 
That's very true. That's very true, man. All right, you mentioned events. You mentioned that you've gone to this event, that event. I've I've seen over the years that talking to highly successful people in different fields, right? They they go out there and they meet other people. They continually put themselves out there to learn more, to to network at a higher level. What does that look like for you? Like how often are you going out to learn things and going to different events? Yeah, no, I and I think in my like I guess more like when I was still um I guess not world renowned because <laughs> uh, I, I mean now that I have a I, I do have an international reputation now but before that I guess I was I was going almost like every other month like I was just going like nonstop and like traveling to different events conferences uh, and just learning from people around the world now that I'm a little bit more established I'm still going but I would say maybe two to three times a year to those type of things and then but even though I'm not going as much I'm reading and virtually attending a lot of things like nonstop. And that's just, just to try to, and consulting with scientists from around the world. Um, so that's why I have scientists I talk to in Japan, in Europe, in um, South America, in US, Canada. So I have scientists from all over and I learn from, I just keep, I keep constantly learning from them uh, because, you know, to, I think to have the same degree of knowledge that I have now with like the regenerative medicine and stuff, you would need at least one, one or two PhDs to really get the expertise I have but because, but not because again, it's just because I've been immersed in that and asking the right questions to the right people. Uh, you can take huge shortcuts in life if you have good mentors. And a lot of people don't uh, realize that. <laughs> I think they, they think they have to learn through experience and going through hardship themselves. Uh, but it's not just work hard, it's work smart. When you work hard and you work smart, you, you, that's how you get ahead. Uh, a lot of people just think they have to work hard every day and like, you know, that life is unfair. And But like, look at some of the hardest people wor working in the world, like like waitresses, waiters, like so many other service workers. And they can't get anywhere because they don't have time to work smart. Uh, they can't strategize. Uh, so you have to do both. And that's and that's the problem with most doctors is they're just ingrained in this cogwheel and they're tired and they're working all the time and they just can never actually think. So because I'm able to strategize and think and make time, I make time for that, that just it just separates me. And I get, you know, I've way, I'm way further ahead financially and with my businesses than most doctors would be in their lifetime. And I'm only 35. You make time to think. Yeah. Tell me about that. Deep Work. It's a book by oh, Cal yeah. Newport. Cal, yep. Cal yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there is a perfect recommendation for everyone who's put it out there for you guys in a perfectly concise book on how to actually go into that state of strategy and not, it doesn't matter if you're a knowledge, it doesn't matter what you do. Everyone needs to know how to do deep work, which means you need to actually figure out how to think and reflect on where you want your life to go and what you want to do. And like, and even if you're working, if you don't have a project right now, you need to think about, is this where you want to be in five to 10 years? Like a lot of people just don't think about, like you said, they're, they're living a reactive life. <laughs> and so even when I was in medical school, it's funny, like, it almost sounds like, you know, it's like whatever that focus, it's not, it's not focus focus, but you know, the secret, the secret that I don't know if you've heard of that book, it's all about visualization and like manifesting and all that. Like, I think there is an element of truth to that. Like, obviously you can't manifest whatever you want and like, it doesn't work like that. But at the same time, if you do visualize and you do go deep into that, it works to like, it's worked for me personally. Like I remember being in med medical school and envisioning a lot of what I have now, everything is kind of what I envisioned. You know what I mean? Like yeah. having, having businesses, I, I have a, 
I have a house on the lake, like, which, which is something I always wanted. And like, you know, there's just all these things like the car, the dream car, like every, everything I ever wanted to have. And like, I, it's just, and so I'm basically living the dream life I always dreamed of. Is it because I got lucky or is it because this visualization stuff works? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a combo of both, but it needs to start with a vision too. Right. So yeah, exactly. I think yeah. You create a lot of the opportunities that you jump into, which is great. Yeah. Plus dude, you, you seem to me, and this is the first time we're meeting, right? So you're easy to talk to, but you also have this thing about you where I have a feeling you look at challenges and problems as opportunities. And, yeah. and that's a big piece to this. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's, it's exactly how it's, it's the saying, like, is life, is it life happening to you type of thing? Right? Like, it's like, these things are happening to you for a reason. And if you view it that way, then you'll be able to overcome it. But if you view it that this, you know, that this is just unfair and why is this happening to me? Like then, it, then yes, then it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then you never get out of that. I like that. What should we be as, as non-doctors, no, no experience in the medical field at all, uh, patients, right? What should we be excited about that's around the corner uh, when it comes oh. to your specific field? Because <laughs> I feel the, like we're this, missing things. Oh, this is the most exciting time in history for many reasons, obviously, not just technologically, obviously, with everything we have. But uh, for medicine, this is the revolution. This is the beginning of the regenerative medicine revolution. What does that mean? It's a it's an intersection of cell therapy, gene editing, and tissue engineering. All these three fields that come together for us to finally treat and cure disease because we can customize cell therapy. For example, there's something called CAR-T, which is for certain types of cancers. I can take a, what's it called a T cell, which is an immune cell in your body. I can take it out and I can reprogram it and I can put it back in your body to kill the cancer. And that's called, that's actually an approved therapy already for like certain types of cancer. And this is just the beginning. And this, and there's gene now that with gene editing, and gene therapy, you can change how your genes express themselves, and then you can even cure incurable diseases. And then with cell therapy, like stem cells we're talking about, you can regrow and repair tissue. We have 3D bioprinters now. So bioprinters actually print uh, tissue. And then so using tissue engineering, you can print this customized scaffolds, and you can put stem cells in there, and you can regrow new cartilage. And so you can replace a whole knee with car new cartilage instead of having to replace it with metal. So... Mm. These are all things that are already happening and we're just in the beginning of it. So in 20 years from now, it's going to be amazing to see what we can do. I'm, I'm, I just signed on with a company. I'm the chief medical officer for a company called mini circle. Uh, we're the world's first reversible gene therapy. Uh, we use a bacterial vector to put insert a protein in your body, but it doesn't actually change your DNA. So it's really cool technology. And then it just secretes this protein slowly over time. And we have one called statin. And follistatin is the world's, it's the first therapy in the world that blocks myostatin. And myostatin, if you got, if people probably have seen pictures of those big cows, you know, those big muscular cows that are just jacked and super yeah. muscular, yeah. <laughs> it's because they have a myostatin deficiency. And so if you can block myostatin, it can help to put on muscle and it can help with fat loss and it can help prevent muscle loss. So it's the world's, it's, an, yeah, it's a breakthrough technology and there's no what? side and there's no side effects. Um, and it, it lost it. up, man. We're yeah, right exactly. Everyone wants, I know. So we, and we're funded by, we're funded by Peter Thiel. So we got good backing. Oh, damn. 
Yeah. So we're, we're excited. So we're going to be, I'm going to be promoting. I did it on myself three weeks ago. I already feel more strength. I've lost fat. Like it's incredible. It's almost one of those things that's just too good to be true. Um, but we're going to be offering, we're going to have a wait list because obviously demand's going to be crazy, but we're just trying to, um, we're just doing it for certain people right now, but it's going to, but the stuff like that, right. That tech, imagine that technology, like it's just crazy. It's like, uh, it's almost like too good to be true. I would have never imagined something like that in my, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. Not even close. Yeah. That's crazy. That sounds all right. So what what else when it comes to aging, uh, let's say for the boomer population, right? What does that look like as far as any regenerative science that can yeah. help? So the follow, I think the follow stat in gene therapies, it's, you know, if you can afford it, it's going to be one of those no brainers for a lot of people. Uh, but as with new technology, obviously the cost comes down as time goes on. And so the other one that I think is super beneficial for a lot of people are like intravenous stem cells. So that's where you take stem cells from like an umbilical cord tissue. So you take it from like a baby's, uh, you actually take those cells from there, you isolate them, and then you grow them in a lab. And then you can put them intravenously and they go through your whole body. And what that does, even though a lot of them do get trapped in the lungs, what, what happens is the stem cells have what's called immunomodulatory benefits, which means it works with your immune system to have a beneficial effect all over your body because your immune system obviously regulates everything, right? It's so important for so many different things. And so it's, it's crazy because what it does is if you obviously it's, it's like, you're taking, think about it this way. You're literally taking a baby cells and you're putting them in your body. Of course, it's going to have some sort of benefit. <laughs> so, oh. and so it's going to make you feel most, it, it, almost everyone feels more energy, better recovery, better sleep. They feel younger. I've had athletes, like professional hockey players, who said, who were like, one guy was like 35. And after doing that, he said he felt like he was 25 again. So that was a dramatic example. But, you know, the point is, I have access to all this technology, but our generation, millennials, if you have access to this tech, you're, you're going to be able to extend lifespan into 130, 140 for sure. It's going to be really cool to see our generation, but even, and there's going to be more stuff as things come on, but just a gene therapy, like the statin and the IV stem cells, those two are two big things that we have to offer now that we didn't have even a couple of years ago. So the first thing that comes to mind is aging gracefully at that point. Exactly. Like, yeah. So your quality of life would be so much, because think about it. What the problem is when you get older, it's be, one of the reasons you age is because your stem cells it's called stem cell exhaustion. So basically you lose the quality of stem cells and then you lose the number of stem cells. So you're increasing the number obviously by doing the IV, but more importantly, you're improving the signaling and the quality of the signals that you get. So that's why repairing regeneration, if you can prevent that from going down like this and slow it down, then obviously you're going to age better. Yeah. Uh, the easiest example is think like think about a baby who gets a scratch on their face. They heal like that. Boom. And there's no scar. Yeah, exactly. So imagine if you can do IV stem cells, like, and you can keep your, keep that from dropping off. Right. And that's why like, you know, Tony Robbins, he talks about it. He wrote a whole book about this. Right. And he does the IV. He's actually, he uses one of our products and he he does it every six months. And uh, dude. <laughs> so he's going to, he's, and he's in his 60, but he's going to keep doing it every six months. I know he will. So where do we go and get this stuff? dude? <laughs> it's not in the U S where do we go? Well, yeah. The problem is quality, right? Like if you go to some random clinic in Mexico and, Panama and stuff like you just don't know if you're gonna get good stuff. If you're gonna go to someone, just make sure they're credible. And how do you know that? It's make sure they're doing scientific research as well into clinical application. Don't just go to some clinic that's just trying to make money. Go to some clinic that's doing research and is doing also the clinical stuff. So obviously we do both. We're we're on the cutting edge of gene therapy. We're doing gene edited stem cells. I'm obviously working with Japanese scientists as well. And so we're we're trying to push the boundaries of what we can do. But of course, our clinic offers these treatments as well. Uh, we offer it in Los Cabos, uh, Mexico. 
Where okay, where are your clinics? Now I want to know. <laughs> yeah, it's called PR Medica, but it's in it's in Los Cabos. So that's our partner clinic in uh, that we do that because, like you said, it's illegal in the U.S. And um, you can uh, we're also doing it in Dubai, and then I'm also doing it in Japan in Tokyo. Oh, nice, dude! And you said you're opening one up in uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. Over there, we can't do the IV. We can't do the IV stem cells, uh, but we can do like um, other, we can do like PRP and we can do exosomes, uh, which are still beneficial, but maybe not as good as stem cells. Got it. Just so I understand stem cells in regards to what's happening here, how often do you have to do this? Like two years, probably even for most people, the benefits will last about two years and then you can do it. I've got to connect you to Jerry. Uh, so his son is Jarek Robbins. He works with us at Success. Oh, okay. We're connected with Tony all the way. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you must know. He must. Rape, I'm sure he talks about. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, must know his book, Life Force. Life Force. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll connect you with Jarek after. But yeah, I'd love to talk to, talk to him. Yeah. Because we're doing. Because I think Tony and him would be. They would love to default statin therapy. Because we're the only ones who have it. We have the patent. We have the patents. So. And what does that do? Tell me what that does. All statin gene therapy. It blocks the myostatin and it reduces inflammation all throughout your body. It's it's incredible. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's not like steroids. It just has a mild, like 20 to 30% improvement in strength and muscle. But the biggest thing is energy. It helps with energy. It makes you feel better. And it's just cool because like you can literally lose fat without losing muscle, uh, which is awesome because the biggest problem when people diet with intermittent fasting and all this stuff is they lose muscle. Um, so you want to maintain as much muscle as possible. This is nuts, man. This is nuts. Yeah. I wish I was like 15. Yeah, I know. I know. Imagine. That's what I say. I'm like, imagine being like a child right now. You can just, you'll probably, you'll probably live forever. You'll probably live till 200. Like I think I, I probably. <laughs> Not only do you have this, what, regenerative era that you're talking about, but you've got like artificial intelligence on the other yeah. end. It's like, yeah. this is crazy, dude. I love this. All right. So what are you looking forward to? the rest of this year what excites you i i think the biggest thing right now is is yeah opening up these new clinics that we're doing so we're, the clinic we have in us is with the florida panthers which is a professional hockey team uh, and it's the first clinic ever to be with a professional sports team so it's pretty unique because most of the time clinics can't be in the same facility as a, as a professional team um so that's gonna be fun that's gonna be fun just to be in that environment and obviously attract people from not just the sports teams but all over um us and uh, we're opening up a clinic in Dubai as well. Um, so these are like obviously my entrepreneurial things that I'm doing, right? Scaling our uh, proprietary methods and our technology uh, and then being able to offer it to different places in the world. Uh, but the, and then the other thing is working. I'm working with the sci my scientist is from University of Toronto and she has some technology on gene edited stem cells. So basically being edit. So we want to work on a clinical trial where you can actually edit the stem cells before you inject them to do some, to target things more specifically. So that's the next generation of stem oh. cells. So that's what we want to, so that's what, that's what I'm most, most excited about. Do you envision sometime soon, if, if not already uh, doing exactly what you said right there, but identifying like a dying liver or a, or a dying lung uh, and being able to regenerate without without removing it or replacing yep. it. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think organ printing will be here in early 2030s uh, where we can regrow organs completely. And now we have better biomarkers of disease because the technology of how we can detect disease has improved so much. But again, most clinics are just so far behind. We're so like, in the, if, if you knew how far behind we were in the US and Canada, you would just boggle your mind compared to Europe and Asia and like Japan. Like it's just. What country, <laughs> what country is the most advanced right now when it comes to medicine? Uh, I would say Japan and China. 
those two. China, because they're pioneers in tissue engineering. So they're doing all the tissue engineering work with like so many different, there's a whole textbook called Biofabrication and it's written by it's all Chinese authors and it's from 2023. And so they're, they're the leaders in tissue engineering and, and gene editing and um, stem cell uh, research is Japan. So the Japan, Asia is definitely far ahead. And we don't, the problem is because of the language barrier, people don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> like we, like they don't, we, we don't even know how far behind we are because they, you know, it's a different, it's just a whole different world. Okay. Note to self, learn Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm learning it. Dude, it was great <laughs> having you on this. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so much fun. I learned a lot. Uh, you're a great person to talk to easy. So I, I see, I see where a large part of your success comes from besides your drive, right? Your well, building relationships is the biggest cornerstone to, I think Simon Sinek, he's the guy who talks a lot about that stuff. And uh, a lot of people just don't value just don't value that information enough. Yeah, man. Where do people follow you? Where do people learn more about you or just follow you? Yeah, no, uh, Instagram, I'm pretty accessible. is dr.acon, K-H-A-N. Um, and then TikTok has been coming popular, as you know, now it's on there. I'm the regen doc. My last three consults I had with patients, I was like, oh, how did you find me? And then they're like TikTok. And I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. I never thought, you know, it's just it's one of those things you just never thought that it would generate patients and business. But here we are. There you go, man. There you yeah. go. I love it. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.